Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 195, intro to the identity series, I Am Loved by God. You did a great job hitting all those words. Oh, thanks. Didn't stumble? Nothing. You guys, <laughs> this we, time. This time, you are great. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, you guys, we are so glad you are here. Welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast, where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone every day. I'm your host, Lori Krieg, and I also have alongside me my husband and favorite licensed therapist, Matt Krieg. Hello. Hi, Matt. How are you doing today? Doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got headphones today. Steve. Yeah. Next hi. to me. Hello. The most talented radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hi, guys. We got fresh headphones, and hopefully we'll stay on mic and we'll be able to hear from our listeners, which is coming up mm-hmm. pretty soon. How are you today, Steve? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm I'm a little warm in this thing. Yeah, you're wearing several layers yeah, for those of you who are yeah. just listening. Uh is that a new North Face? Uh it's not new. It's about a year old, but right. it's one of That's my faves. I love it. <laughs> you guys, I can't wait for all of you to hear or watch this episode today. We're gonna talk about identity. We're gonna introduce you to a series that we're gonna be doing until our summer break. What is identity? According to the Oxford English Dictionary, I feel like I'm starting, you know, when you're in high school and every single (laughs) talk you give is like character, according to Webster. (laughs) Webster, Yes, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you can get away with it in high school, can't you? (laughs) But according to the Oxford English Dictionary, I just was curious what it was. It's the fact of being or what a person is. But we believe here at the Whole in My Heart podcast that if we claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, identity is a new creation or in Christ. But what makes up that identity when we take everything else away, especially when we take away how people see us, or approve of us, the right people in our minds. And when we stop performing or trying to earn our identity by what we do, what's the core of this in Christness? It, it baffled me for quite a while. And it's still, I, I want to unpack it like for realsies with you guys. So today we're going to talk about a little bit more about why we're talking about this, some of my journey of, I don't know, identity crisis. And you guys, I can't wait to hear from you, Matt and Steve. But before we dive into the identity conversation, I want to get to the question of the week because we get to hear from listeners. Now, mm-hmm. listeners, if you want to have your voice and maybe face, we got to talk to video guy, Zach, oh. after we record this, because <laughs> I'm curious if we can get your faces all up in this place. People say that. <laughs> Do people say that? They don't say that. Uh, but you can join the Hole in My Heart podcast Facebook group. It's like 400 plus strong at this point of people who listen and are interacting um, about the podcast. If you go to Facebook, look for Hold My Heart Podcast, answer a few questions. I post the question of the week there as well as some other insider information. You can also uh, find us, just find me on the socials. You guys don't really post about the podcast. Not so here. much. Matt's never on a line unless I tell him to yeah. get a question of the week guy. <laughs> but the question of the week is this. What do you always say in your about me section on your profile and the socials? So you after I'm a child of God, et cetera, et cetera. Or what would you say if you're brave enough? This is who I chose. Hi, this is Joanna from Seattle. And my answer to this week's question is, I'm a holy bookworm. (laughs) This is a note I made in the margins while reading Liturgy of the Ordinary by Tish Harrison Warren. In response to the quote, we are made sanctified, made holy, not in the abstract, but through our concrete vocation. Actually, I think I'll go post it here on Facebook right now. I just went and added a bio and had a lot of fun figuring it out. So thank you, Lori. 
Oh, so that was Joanna from Seattle, and she added that. I just wanted to choose it because I like the idea of being a holy bookworm, and I really liked the idea of having someone actually be changed by our podcast and make a change right then. So mm-hmm. thanks so much, Joanna, for sharing that. Steve, who did you pick? Uh, I, I picked this one right here. This is Foy. My bio is love Spider-Man, his wife, God, his kids running, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Also does leather work and pottery. Pronouns, he, him. Foy. Foy. That's a lot of things. That's a lot. He is a Spider-Man fan. Is it bad that my first thought was he loves Spider-Man and Spider-Man's wife? (laughs) No, (laughs) No, his his wife. Spider-Man, comma, and then his own wife. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Took me a little bit to get that. Foy, though, is OG. If you guys have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, we've chosen his answers several times, Mm -hmm. and we're really grateful for people who've listened in for a lot of years and for people who've just joined us. Mm -hmm. Matt Krieg, you have your tail between your legs on not getting an actual voice. (laughs) I am ashamed. What happened with Um, that? So, well, I, I... Went online on the socials when you told me to because I'm not on there otherwise. And I asked Callie to submit an answer. But in looking at how I um, asked her, my name. I, I realized I gave the wrong email and it was to podcast at com, <laughs> which is not a real, I, I don't think it's a real name. You misspelled my name and your own. It's yeah, okay. It's, it's okay. We all know But I really liked what Callie had to say. She said that she often calls herself the finder of all things because in her house, she is the one who finds whatever she sends a child or spouse to look for. And that is also me. That is you. There are so many times in the day when the kids are looking for something, they ask mom and she's like, go ask dad. He's the finder. Guys, you know, I'm the worst at this. And they're like, come on, mom. Like, I really can't. I already gave up. So I'm modeling persistence (laughs) and offloading your tasks to someone else. I'm doing great. The delegator. There, there, that's a better word. No, you are way, way better at finding anything. All right, let's dive in uh, to the heart of the matter. Um, You guys, we're talking identity. When you, I'm genuinely curious, like I have these questions written out for us to answer, but we haven't actually dialogued about this. So I'm genuinely curious when you think about the essence of who you are, what comes to mind, whether that's like the right quote answer or like, what do you think about yourself when you think about this is who I am? Matt? I, I often think a helper. A helper. Hmm. Is that like in the positive sense or the negative sense? Both. Can you unpack in, that? In the sense that like I, I do truly enjoy helping. I love being helpful. But oftentimes when I think of myself, I am relegated to the role of helper as opposed to being um, someone who is also worthy of being helped or that is okay for me to also be in need. Yeah. I can resonate with that. Do you want to say more on what else, how else you perceive yourself? Is that like the top one? I, I think that's, I mean, that's the top one, yeah. And if you're honest, is it even more than like child of God, like the right things to say? Sometimes, yeah. It's, it's, that's like my default. That, and we can get to that a little bit later. But that is one of the default kind of thought patterns that I have about myself is that I'm supposed to be helpful. I'm supposed to be un like not have my own needs. Similarly, I'll uh, just piggyback on that. 
which is maybe why we're married and how we can be married dysfunctionally. But I can be I can see myself as like a shell of a person who only gives. So maybe it's more like the giver, but not like the 1980s book, but uh, or like the giving tree, the giving. That book is so codependent. Oh, my goodness. Have you read it recently? <laughs> that tree gives everything for the boy. And he's like, it's not good enough. Right. Anyway, <laughs> listeners, go read back. You're going to see what I said. Um, but yeah, like a giver, like the giving tree. And so my one of my defaults, which again, we're going to talk about that, these templates with which we view ourselves is really empty and only gives to better other people. Hmm. How about you, Steve? Uh, yeah, I think uh, mine would be something by association. Usually it's like a, a, a member of something, a part of a team. I'm, I, you know, I'm a member of the on-air team at WCSG Radio. I am Kelly's husband. You know, I'm a dad, my kids, I'm a grandpa. And I just said that weird. I'm a grandpa. Uh, <laughs> still used to saying it out loud. You are a grandpa. That's Aww. right. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it's because we'll get into this, we'll get into this, but I have this, um, on my own kind of uh, way that I view myself and alone. And so I, I think I like to think of myself as part of something. And like you said, that, you know, that's the knee jerk answer. That's not like the correct answer, yep. but that's, I think what I often live out of and I want to project or present. So listeners, as you are watching and listening to this right now, I'd love for you to even be thinking now, if you're willing, you can also ignore this, but just what in real life, kind of like what we got to with the question of the week, but how do you perceive yourself? Um, I think that will help as we carry on in this conversation. So we have now in this new era of the podcast, we've kind of done the reset, you know, kind of talked about what we're about, who we are, definitions, but now we're really kind of getting into the meat of this season. Why do you think it was important to kind of kick things off with talking about identity? Honestly, the answer to that question, like I wrote this, these questions out even a couple weeks ago, it's kind of pivoted for me. Mm. And even in the last week, I've just been praying over our kids a lot and praying over, um, I'm, you know, I'm praying about the podcast, but our cultural world, but especially over our kids. And, I, I'm going to say this real tenderly because there is a way to look at our world right now and this identity crisis, for lack of a better term, and we can <gasps> gasp and clutch our pearls and be really anxious about the state of, you know, especially because people automatically think in certain circles, oh, yes, yeah, sexual identity is just everything and mm. oh, gender identity. Ah, oh, yes, oh, the world's going to hell. And yes, I hear you. So I'm not saying that, but like, man, there is a battle right now, spiritual, at least what I'm sensing. And I've been doing this conversation for like nine years, and I'm going to be one to push the brakes and not the gas when it comes to anxiety over this thing. So I'm not speaking anxiety, but I am saying we need to be alert. There's something extra right now that I, I sense the enemy is trying to attack who we are, our identity. And he's been doing that since Adam and Eve. Sure, yep. But there's something extra right now. And instead of roll over and be like, oh, whatever, like let's engage it with grace and truth and courage. Hmm. Does that speak to you guys? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there is just a lot of the, the easy identifiers of the things that we do, the things that we like, the 
clubs that we're a part of, the organizations that we're a part of, but like there is this intrinsic identity that, that is just being kind of dismantled mm. and, and really, really attacked in, mm. in culture and in life today. Do you see that, Steve? Yeah. I mean, I think um, I, I see an attack on our identity, which the effect is that it separates us from God. Yeah. And there's an accusation inherent for in, in a lot of cases against him. Oh, yeah. Um, like that's part of my story. And it also kind of like separates us from one another. You know, so it has this fragmenting kind of effect, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and you've already alluded to that theme in other episodes this season is Mm -hmm. just how you're seeing like you're desiring integration. And that is what God wants is Mm -hmm. integration. Like he wants integrity within all the pieces of us. He wants integrity in in families, whether that's nuclear, that's a family of God. He wants integrity, integration. Ooh, I wonder the root word. Someone smarter than me. How does identity, is there any connection there between integrity and identity? I don't know if there's like a root word. Uh, but he wants integration with him. Mm-hmm. You look like you're about to say something. Yeah, well, I mean, this comes actually from some some clients that that I've talked to that in working with their family, they, they often would talk about when they enter uh, protection mode versus connection mode. Um, and, and when I think about like, identity. I've often talked about it with a performance-based identity, which is like, I need to perform. I need to engage in a certain way in order to like attain security, which I could say like that is kind of protection mode, you know, but as, as we grow in our identity in Christ, as we grow even in connection and relationship with one another, hopefully the security is there and we can have this more secure kind of connection identity, which seems more restful, even though it can still engage, it can still ask questions. It can still be, you know, interactive with one another, but it's, it's out of this desire to connect as opposed to this self-protective kind of stance. And so just as you're talking, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. And there's, there's a journey and we bounce back and forth between those a hundred times a day. Mm. So you're saying integrity, internal integration, knowing who we are, leads to actual protection and peace. Leads to security, which allows us to connect with those around us, as opposed to having to self-protect and kind of posture and order ourselves in a way to look safe. So Mm. that's, I think, what we're trying to attack exactly in this season is who are you, dear ones? Who are you? in Christ, and how does knowing who you are and accepting and loving these internal parts of you, not the sinful pieces, but what God has allowed in you, how is that, how can that help you to walk into any room confidently? Ooh, boy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and Lori, like to, to kind of get a little personal, I mean, I know that you went through a little bit of an identity crisis last year, and... Um, a little. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, can you can you share some of your journey? Because this is not something that's like far removed from, no. from you. It's not far from, from any of us. So really a big motivator for me wanting to do this episode and this season focused on identity. So two falls ago, so fall of 21, when we were shutting down like the podcast, I was like saying no to every speaking engagement. And I was just like, 
what's happening? And a lot of that was burnout is, but if I can offer a little window into what doing this controversial job is like, is with an identity based on still, and I could talk about it, but I wasn't based in this, but identity based on how people perceive you and getting applause for doing well. In this job I have to help equip the church with a gospel-centered approach to marriage and sexuality, I will never get the applause that my heart craves. Hmm. I'll actually get pushback. Now, that's true for anyone, if you're in a controversial space or not. Our, our, these, if we make people's approval of us our idol, it's never enough. Hmm. But for me, I didn't just not get it enough, but I'd get kicked there and rejected. And and that did draw me closer to God in, in my best moments of my best days, but I it, I just got beat down too much. Mm. So last uh, fall of 21, I was just started crying on the regs. You know how depression does that, and you just, you just cry, and it, that's just how it works. Um, and it wasn't like a fun identity crisis where you like get a new car. Because <laughs> I can't afford that. Mm. <laughs> it's like the sad one. We're <laughs> just sad. But what I realized is inside of me, and and there's going to be more points where we talk about different aspects of my identity that I pick up and look at. But I really saw myself as that worthless shell, and that I that God was. How do I put this? He was kind of like, if you've ever seen Aladdin, toward the end. Jeannie is forced to be, bear with me, guys. Let's go on a, a Disney trip. Jeannie is forced to be like, ride yeah, it's a magic. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. <laughs> Jeannie, who's supposed to be this good guy who helps, you know, the hero, heroes succeed. Um, he's forced to be now bad guy. And I think he like turns red or something like that. Mm. But I always get this picture of, of God being like closing his eyes. That's what Jeannie does. And he points at Aladdin and he like causes him pain. And I can get that picture of God where he's like looking away and he's like, yeah, but Lori, I've called you to this really hard job. So you just have to go suffer. So sorry, not sorry. Have fun suffering. And I never even asked myself and I lost my own voice of like, do I actually want to do this? Do I want to do this speaking thing where I, it does something to a soul When you get on stage and everyone's default face towards you is skepticism at best, terror, usually by the pastors, or rage. Like they, and they only get madder as the conversation that does something to your soul. So I never even asked, do I still want to do this? Because I didn't feel I had worth. Hmm. Why would I ask the question? Go ahead, Matt. Well, and uh, even that, like, because I remember having many conversations after we would leave a speaking engagement and it would be like, we'd be assessing like, okay, how do we think it went? And one of the the kind of points of, I don't even, assessment that we would use is like, oh, well, by the end, the people who started with the scowl and arms crossed in front of them started to sit more openly. Like there was this visible representation of they're not quite as angry with us as it used to be. And so unknowingly reinforcing that idea that your identity, the value of what we have done is based on, do people like us? Did we perform And our well. message and therefore God. And so it gets real caught up. Yes, Matt, that's super right. It, get, it got real caught up in like, 
you know, like all the, well, Christians are supposed to suffer. And, mm. and then also, well, this is them's the breaks kids is, is people are not going to like you. And, and then it can also get caught up in like, there is a vein of ministry that's good. Like, Hey, we want this message to be heard. So how can we package it? Like we're trying to repackage the podcast in a way that can reach the most people. So, yeah. but if that is, if you're packaging things, and you're doing ministry or loving people so that you can feel that settledness in your heart, that security you're talking about, Matt, that's going to fail you over and over mm. and leave you a shell of a person. And that's what I was. Hmm. So to fast forward to this specific podcast episode name, I'm Loved by God. So I went into uh, counseling. That was October of 21. And this was probably about January. And I was pretty depressed and just felt like my entire identity was caught up in how people perceive me. And also parenting can reinforce that. Let's just talk about that. Let's just note that. <laughs> kids are very needy. <laughs> so I remember being in counseling and I was exhausted from doing some of the trauma work, some of the work of this identity. And my therapist, who also knows Jesus, she just said, hey, Lori, do you want to take some time and just hang out with Jesus right now? in like a safe place in your mind. And I was like, yes, because I really wanted to just leave the office, but there's still 15 minutes left and you're paying for those 15 minutes. So might as well talk to Jesus or something. But I went inside my heart and immediately I saw this picture of a bed with a little girl on it. And I knew immediately it was Jairus's daughter that you read about in Luke, I think eight. Uh, but it's, Jairus goes to Jesus and he's like, hey, my little girl is sick and dying. Can you come help her? And Jesus gets there, quote, too late, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and he walks in, everybody laughs at him. But as I saw that bed in this like black, empty room and this girl who's dead but alive, I felt like her. Like, I feel so dead inside, but I know I'm alive. There's still my heart beating. And according to the world's standards, I'm worthless just doing nothing, laying in that bed. And I saw Jesus in this prayerful space with me doing nothing, air quotes, like worthless. And he just put his hands on me slash her and just said, I love this girl so much. And it was one of those moments, you guys, I'm sure you've had them where you're like, we've talked about it when you shared your mm -hmm. testimonies, your stories is like where it wasn't just like a thing that happened. It was like God was speaking to my soul and I was crying and I couldn't even articulate it to my counselor, but it wasn't like the depressed tears. It was like hopeful tears. And I go home and I write it out because I was like, there's something to this scene that I need to grip because if my value keeps getting reinforced, even just in simple act of parenting or whatever I was doing, because I'm still doing. So my value comes from what I do. I was like, there's something in this scene that I need to grip. And so I wrote it out and I was like, I need to turn this into an identity statement because I feel like I have no identity. Oh, and I just asked my therapist, how does one develop an identity? I asked her that. And she looked at me and said, very therapeutically, thank you very much, therapist. These are your lines. <laughs> it's a journey. And I was like, I don't want to hear about how identity is a journey. I just want an answer. But as I went home, I like wrote, I could still see it in my journal. Jesus loves me. Is that what I need to grip? No, it's too cheesy. I can't handle it. But it, I turned it into an identity statement. I am loved by God. And I would spend morning, noon, and night on my best days 
just meditating on that picture of me doing absolutely nothing and Jesus saying, I love this girl so much and meditating on I am loved by God. And I have been meditating on that picture since January of 22, so over a year now, and it is transforming my heart. Mm. So there's been subsequent identity statements that have really, that are all attached to moments like that with Jesus that have really shaped me. And that's some of what we're going to be engaging in this season. But guys, I just want to pause my story sharing and hear from you. Has there been moments, I'm sure there has been, where God has broken through the garbage and really helped you to grip a sense of yourself and yourself in him in a deeper way? Uh, well, I can um, tell, I can just share a story of a couple years ago um, where it was a similar time of prayer. And, um, you know, I was there with Kelly and we were talking about the pressure that I feel um, like everything is up to me to be a man, to, you know, represent Christ to my bride, you know, and all that stuff. And um, Kelly has given me feedback that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, well, what we worked through is that I have this overwhelming fear. Um, and I, what will come over me is this just look of paralysis. I'll just kind of go blank. Mm-hmm. And um, there is terror inside me. But what I think I project is I don't care. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, like this um, unemotional, but inside it's just I'm paralyzed. So anyway, so we went, uh, took that to the Lord and he just, uh, you know, through this time of prayer and wrestling and tears and um, accusation, um, he just kind of assured me uh, from, I think, Isaiah 43, although I didn't know it was a verse, but what he said to me is, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. Um, and I was like, I don't want to forget this. It was very powerful. So anyway, I, I had that tattooed on me because the Lord told me to. And I was like, I'm not a tattoo person. What? Um, I didn't know you had a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Where's so, the tattoo? Uh, it's right here on my heart. Really? Yep. Oh, it's, so, Isaiah, it's Isaiah 43 that whole I believe so. Okay. Isaiah 43, yep. 1. Uh, yeah, just starting with the one who created you says. So anyway, um, that was really powerful. And I continue to have to come back to that because I still get in that mode where I feel like, you know, these things that are asked of me, I'm alone in, in carrying it out. Um, and just to be reminded that like, no, um, God's with me in it. And, um, that's really just been powerful and it becomes no longer about this thing that's being required of me, but that God is with me. I love that. So you Mm -hmm. still can wrestle in that Mm -hmm. space, but you keep going, you have to keep going back to that, that truth. Okay. Matt Creek, how about you? Yeah. Um, well, January 28th of this year, um, I was driving to do a talk at a men's kind of event, um, and to share some of my story and, and was driving and is oftentimes what God will connect with me through music. Um, and as I said earlier, I often have the identity of I'm the helper. Um, I am a provider. Um, I am not someone with my own needs that are worth tending to. Um, and I often feel very alone. Mm. Um, and so at this particular time I'm driving and because of some of Lori's health 
concerns that we've had recently. I was driving with the anticipation that sometime within the next three to five years, I would not have Lori around. Mm. We were concerned that she had um, ALS. Mm. Um, and so I was just I, kind of at the end of myself. And there's a song that actually came on to WCSG as I was hey. listening to it. Right. Um, and it was Hold You Tight mm. by Dan... Remnus. Remnus. Um, and I was, I, so I'm like driving down the belt line and I'm just weeping. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I, okay, try and stay, stay together. Like I'm driving. I need to be able to see the road. And I, I was just weeping the whole time because it's like God saying, don't you worry, my child, I will hold you. Mm -hmm. Don't you worry, my child, I'll stay by your side. Um, and even now as I'm talking, I'm like more emotional than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I often need to be reminded of that, that, that I am not alone, that, that God is by my side. And that tells me that I am noticed. I am worthy of care by him. Um, and, and that's something I have to keep coming back to. So I want to pivot and talk about, because we've all just alluded to it, is these things that I call templates. Now, if you guys use Microsoft Word, when you go file, new, from template or PowerPoint or whatever. And then it's like, oh, there's my old template. That is what, for me, like seeing myself as a shell of a person who is only good for giving to others and doesn't have worth in and of herself. That for me is a, I can wake up every day, file new from template, worthless, file new from template. You got to perform your way into value. You know, those are ones you'd be perfect. So guys, what are some of your templates? Well, mine is definitely on my own. I'm I'm on my own. I am on my That's own. Your default. These things are required of you, and you better s somehow figure out how to achieve them. You're on your own, and in that there is an accusation that I have had to like confess right along with getting myself oriented correctly. This accusation that God has given me these things to do and not equipped me for them. Mm. You know, like it's, um, you know. It's just like, how mean is that? And um, I have to remind myself that no, he actually um, wants to walk through these things with you and uh, more than just equip me, uh, actually mentor me, you know, and like mm. do them together. So together um, has been a great, I guess, way to address that idea of alone, but it's with him because I, I go to other people and I try Easy. to like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so that's, that's what it is for me, I think. I want to jump in before I pivot to you, Matt. And I just, that word ac accusation, it just keeps like coming up as every time you say it. And I just want to address because honestly, I, I feel like I have not had my spiritual glasses on to just see that this world is not all that there is. Mm. And so it's only been in the last couple of weeks that I'm like, there's there's an accuser. And so for those of you listening who are mm. like, oh my word, I just keep getting beat down. And I know in there's seven months where literally every day I would wake up hearing, you are worthless. And I, it was every day, it was, Matt, you remember, I just like mm -hmm. would wake up crying because that's what I would hear all the time. And so for those of you who are listening, who are like, I'm getting pummeled and these lies, they can feel like truth. And there's always like an essence of like, yeah, okay. In and of yourself, you don't, you can't really do much. 
But just to say aloud, because the enemy can't pop inside your brain, he can just be like these headphones that we're wearing today Mm. and just give us ideas Mm. to meditate on. But just you guys have power within you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world to just say, no, I say no to those lies in the strong and mighty name of Jesus Christ. And you don't need to get loud and fancy and fanatical, but you can just say, nope, I refuse to say yes to those lies. And I say no in Jesus name, say no to these lies. And I say yes to whatever it is. And I know it's not as simple as that. There's trauma, there's layers, but sometimes, sometimes it can be as simple as that. Sometimes yeah. it is like just flicking a little bug off and you get a little relief. But yeah. I mean, I think it is identifying, oh, there's a snake in that tree. Yeah. You know, like that's a snake. Yeah. Let's just call it a snake. Not yeah. just a pretty tree with some a hair bow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. I don't even know what the question is, but your turn. <laughs> well, actually, this is, I, I keep thinking of something that you have told me recently that, that sometimes when you're wrestling with those, those negative cognitions, those assumptions about yourself those templates, um, you'll say something and then I'll say, well, you're not that. Yeah. You just say the opposite. I'll, I'll be say, like, I'm worthless. You're, you're not worthless. I'll, so I'll, I'll kind of renounce that thing, but I won't actually always point to what is true and what is lovely and what is good and honorable. Um, and, and so like, yes, to, to reject that lie is one thing, but it's also like we always, as we say, we always want to be moving towards something and so to identify like, oh no, what is actually true? What is actually valuable? What, like, what can you cling to, you know, rather than just pushing away the negative and then just kind of sitting in limbo, yep. you know, to, to actually have a vision of how much God cares for you or how much like value that you have in his eyes. So for you, Matt, I just remembered the question then, is what is your template and then what is the positive, which, or just the truth that you can just preach to yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my template is, again, I'm, I'm a helper. I am here to stoically provide for other people's needs. Um, the truth that I have to keep going back to is I am a beloved child of God who is worthy of care. How many times a day are you like doing that? I mean, not enough. <laughs> it probably needs to be every day, but I probably don't do it every day. Hmm. But I know that when I start feeling lower back pain, I need to start doing that a little more. <laughs> Our bodies do talk to us, don't they? Yes, they do. Guys, if you want to, if you too want to get identity statements and get free for the low price of your soul. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, now this, this podcast just got weird. Uh, but I'll just, here's some characteristics of the identity statements, because I'm hearing similarities in what you guys are saying, is for me, uh, when I'm in a certain place, sometimes I just feel a certain way, and I'm like, what's going on? And then I can recognize the template first before I can even think about what truth I need to, to, to say to myself. But I can go, oh, I'm just feeling anxious, or I'm feeling this, and then, or I'm feeling rushed, or I'm feeling judged. And then I'm like, okay, what is either the lie there, or what do I need to hear? Because I've been I don't know. What's the antidote here? And so if you can name the lie, like Matt, you said, like that I'm just a helper. No, what is true? And this may not come from something you feel. 
dear ones, this has just been on my heart so much is it's it may not be an experience like we've all talked about here. It may be like I have to do, I had to do this yesterday is you crack open Psalm 139. You're like, you know what? I do not feel worth jack today. And yet I know Psalm 139, I can hear some truth there, just that God knows us, that he created our inmost being and you declare it over yourself. I sound like such like a, you know, charismatic, we're we're getting into it, guys. But I really feel for you guys and I feel for myself is this is what I need. It is so easy to do file new from template. So grip what is true, turn it into an identity statement if that's helpful. It should also originate from something like biblical and it should be from God or worship back to him. So we were joking before we started recording, like anything that just stays within yourself, like I am a gorgeous beauty queen with lots of money. Like I'm just going to speak it into being, I'm going to speak it into existence. You're not creating things that you're speaking into being. You're speaking what's already been spoken over you and you're telling yourself what is actually intrinsically true about you. You're not creating some sort of identity. You're embracing the identity that God has already put over you Mm. so we can flourish. Right. So, I mean, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying if it begins and ends with me and there's no like presence of God's spirit or God's word Mm -hmm. in there, it doesn't involve him at all, then that's just all right down here. It's not going to last. Maybe you can yeah. say it's like the secret. I don't even know, but speaking <laughs> into being, I don't know. Right. But okay. it's, no, it's, it has to be from God and his worship back to him. And it's mm. so weird because that can feel like, well, then what about me? I don't know how to explain it, but that's just how God made us is to be in that worshipful posture. Mm. So the only other thing I'll say on like, as you're creating identity statements, or if you guys want to do this is, yeah, it should be worship back to God. And then it should take time to sink in. And it really takes meditating. Mm. I've been working on meditating on God's love for me for a year and a half now. And uh, it, <laughs> I default feel God's love 5% of the time. Mm. 95% of the time I'm telling myself. All right, guys, we want to hear from you. What do you think about this? Do you do like speaking truth over yourself and trying to get rid of what's lies? If you want to reach out to us, many of you already are since we've been launching this podcast, podcast at lauriecreek.com. If you want to write an email there, you can reach out. Find me on the socials, not these guys, because they might not respond. Maybe you will, Steve. I don't know. I yeah I I'm I'm one of those like like or heart you yeah, know yeah, yeah, one of those you're, guys you're a, yeah. you're I'm like probably too busy looking for kids socks to, to <laughs> yeah, respond the finder that's not your true identity <laughs> it's one of the roles I play it is a role you play yeah. uh, but we do have a question of the week for next week what's the one joke you don't forget mm. Steve that was a good like Aslan growl <laughs> Made me feel closer to Jesus. Well, Can I, you tell me your joke? When I saw that, I was like, I forget all the jokes. Same. Like we get jokes joke. on the air sometimes and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home and tell, and I forget it. But I have this one that I'm pretty sure I made up <laughs> that I is pretty much my standard. If somebody in my family uh, or close to me is, uh, you know, celebrating uh, another year of life, I will send them this thing that says, uh, what did the bunny with indigestion say? And I'll go, what? Happy burp day. <laughs> that's 
That's my that's, cute. that's my claim to fame of birthday jokes. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> the only one I don't forget is why did the Holly wear boxing gloves? Because he didn't want to get decked in the halls. <laughs> it's cute, isn't it? But here's the one my kids here. If you got little kids around, get tell them this one. Mm. They'll not annoy you. They don't do that. No. Mm. Knock knock. Who's, Who's there? there? I eat mop. I eat, I eat mop, mop poo. poo. You eat Ew. your poo. <laughs> wow. You went right for it. Yeah. I sure did. Uh, that's gross. <laughs> Matt, you have a series you want to tell us, and Steve uh, and I are just going to cringe for a little bit. While yeah, you tell so us. the dad jokes are strong with mm, this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a coworker who was playing pickleball at a local pickleball mm-hmm. place. Land. <laughs> and and got just destroyed by like a 65-year-old man and he was telling me this. And I'm like, so when it comes to pickleball, this guy must be a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Big deal. But it didn't stop mm. there, it, did it, it didn't Matt? didn't stop as, as they were... <laughs> Groaning. Stopped cringing. It was like Vlasic dad joke. Vlasic. <laughs> it still didn't stop, and, did it, Matt? And, and then they rolled their eyes some more and I said, guys, don't worry about it. I'll keep it kosher from there. Mm. Yes. And it was much that that sigh of like that. That's when I stood up from the table and went yes. back to my office. Does your mic drop? And <laughs> laughed to myself profusely. <laughs> that's one of Matt's favorite things is making jokes with himself. Okay, mm-hmm. if you too have some jokes that you never forget, find us at the Hole in My Heart Podcast Facebook group. And as we wrap here, just want to let you know if you want to watch this episode because you're listening, you want to try out the the vlog vo- vo- vodcast. V- oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I didn't know if it was a vlogcast. I don't know why I wanted to add the letter L recently. Because vlogs. Vlogs. Okay. If you want to watch it on a vodcast, visit YouTube. You can search Hold My Heart. A really best place to start is wcsg.org. Mm-hmm. You guys are hosting all the all of us, all all parts of us. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is getting weird, guys. I'm gonna keep going to the end. Okay, but if you are watching and want to listen, really just search Hold My Heart wherever you uh, get your podcasts or find us at loriekrieg.com. Thank you, Matt and Steve, for joining me here. Thank you to video guy Zach for being awesome. And that's a wrap for all of us here at the Hold My Heart podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>